everybody. Um, we're so excited to be here today because Lindsay, who, well, you guys know well because she's done the Sunday Sippers with me since the get-go, is officially kind of taking on a full-time role at the podcast and I'm so here for it I'm so excited so we just wanted to like I don't know what Lynn like give you guys a little bit of an intro talk about the evolution of the podcast where we started where we're going our vision and why it matters like how you convinced me to do a quote-unquote full-time podcast yeah (laughs) take a lot of convincing You know, I can remember the early, early days of talking about the podcast that we would reference the Joe Rogan podcast and I was just going to be your Jamie. You're like behind the scenes. (laughs) Yeah, just fact finding for you as you went. I know we, we, if anybody wants to be a Jamie, we still need a Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) We could still use a lot of facts, Uh, (laughs) but here I am just out loud. I think it's pretty cool. And I mean, like, you know, I've been talking about making this podcast forever. Like, really, probably since I knew or met you, really. Um, And it's just one of those things that always feels daunting and you don't have ideas, like, not ideas, but you don't have the time for. And then when I started, I was so excited and you've been amazing and, like, so supportive, both, like, helping with topics, helping with zippers. and, And, yeah, so I'm so glad that you're now taking over for co-host officially oh my god oh my god which yeah I feel like I can echo that right back that you've been amazing in helping me get so passionate about pelvic physio and veno and vaginas and women's health that it's almost hard for me to imagine a life and a world where I didn't have this like burning passion about it and that when people bring things up at parties that I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, let me say more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And it's so cool. Cause like when we met, I mean, I don't know that you had that burning passion. Oh my God. No. If we, <laughs> if you asked me the day that we met, if I would ever do pelvic physio, I would have laughed in your face and said, I need one, but I'm not doing it. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like, okay. Yeah. So maybe, okay. Like, yeah, I want to know more about that. So we met, okay, let's just back up. I keep saying, okay, because I'm so excited. I have so many words, but I just, okay, 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 guys. Um, We met back and we were talking about this earlier, 2017, which feels like, I feel like I met you two years ago. It's crazy. Oh, I know. I don't know if it's like the weird COVID time warp or if we've reached that age where time goes too fast or... If we've just been like connected souls forever and it just feels like it hasn't been. It does feel that way. Because so Linz came to work at the clinic I was working at back in 2017 and it weirdly just like worked. And I know that sounds weird, but weirdly we just did connect and just we treated similarly. We, I feel like we're very similar personalities. We had the same hair, like Okay, I need I don't know if I've ever told you the like experience from my end of the day I was interviewed to work at that clinic, but I'm gonna tell you now. Okay, tell me now. So I met the clinic director at Starbucks. We had a great chat. We were like, you know, hit it off, connected. 
And she said, you know what? We actually have a staff meeting in however long. Why don't you come? And it was like, <laughs> oh my God, okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> and so I walk into this clinic having zero idea what to expect. Like, I don't know what the clinic looks like. I don't know how many people work there. Like I have the general vision from this interview, but that's it. So I walk in, walk into this really awesome like fitness facility area. And then they take me down into the basement. (laughs) And I was like, well, this seems strange. Uh, As we're going down the stairs, you explain this used to be a law office and some library and all of this business that they give me the whole historical tour. And then I get down there and it's really just four of us for the meeting, five of us for the meeting. And so part of me thinks that's amazing. And part of me is very intimidated because <laughs> you guys are clearly all very close knit and very tight personally and professionally. Anyway, continue on the tour. You and I connect. I sit through this staff meeting I've been <laughs> invited to that just every idea that was brought up. I had this internal like, oh my God, yes, please, let's do that. (laughs) And then on the way out, the clinic director is like, oh my God, and your nails match the walls. Anyone who ever entered that clinic would know that they were bright teal walls. Like this is not a normal nail polish color. I don't know why I decided this was a good one to wear to an interview, (laughs) but it was an obnoxious color. And it, I shit you not, pardon my French, it was the exact paint chip color of what was on the walls. Oh my God, really? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So anyway, there was a lot of like, okay, this is meant to be vibes happening. Yeah. Interview. Sure enough, later that afternoon, I get the call that they would like to offer me the job. And I guess the rest is kind of history. But meeting Cassie was definitely the first time that I felt like I like really connected with a physio that I didn't feel like I had this kind of outsider feeling. I I don't want to say, I guess maybe like an imposter syndrome that I've always kind of known that my, like my superpower as a physio, if you will, is connecting with people. It's not reading all of the latest studies and Mm -hmm. knowing all of the most groundbreaking evidence coming out. It's figuring out like what matters to people and fixing that thing for them. Yeah. And And that's a huge superpower. Right. And you were the first physio I had ever met that was on that same wavelength. And Mm -hmm. that I can remember us sitting and talking many times about different client interactions or cases um and just coming to like the exact same conclusion or like saying the same thing out loud at the same time and being like fucking finally is somebody gets this (laughs) it's so true I remember so many of those conversations too because like in the world of physio like there's a there's a lot of amazing practitioners but it is rare to find someone that really I don't know like thinks the same especially when like you said it's about connection and finding out what's really important to people and 
looking at that whole person and not laser focusing and literally using laser or ultrasound or whatever, <laughs> laser focusing, then using laser on that laser spot. Um, yeah, it's true. And it's so, it feels rare to connect like that. So from the get-go, I feel like we kind of were almost like duplicates of each other. (laughs) And I also really found in the same vein, as much as there, as many similarities as there were, we also had some very cool and still do, I shouldn't say that, so past tense, opposing viewpoints that I think almost connected us further. Because you know how much I love the like, you know, what I like to call the woo-woo science, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the heels and feels science, and you like the hard and fast science, it's and true. I have always loved the way we blend those things together, and that as much as they might seem opposing, they both support each other, and we can kind of get to the same conclusion coming from really different places, yeah, no, you're so right on that because I don't love the woo-woo at all. <laughs> oh, I know. I pride myself in at least now saying out loud that I don't think there's any benefit of it, but if it's placebo that's working for the person and it's making them happy, then cool. Whereas like maybe five years ago, I would have said, it's stupid, don't do it. <laughs> Whereas now I'm like, if it works for you, great. Did you guys hear that? I have opened Cassie's mind slightly. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say that the only reminder just allowed me to be okay with it? Yes. (laughs) No, but it's true. It's true. And I do think that you're right. It complements each other. And I'm so sad that we don't work together in the day-to-day basis anymore. Oh my God. I know. I miss you every day. And not just as my own pelvic health therapist. (laughs) (laughs) also as your colleague yes mostly as that yeah but at least we get to be colleagues here now yeah which I feel like even that kind of brings us to like our next point of connection is that yeah we were ortho colleagues and you were the pelvic health guru and I was like yeah that's Cassie's baby I'm never touching it Um, but then you touched it and fast forward a few years and what do you know I am the most passionate healthcare or pelvic healthcare professional. Absolutely. And I think that's the coolest thing. Cause I do remember you being like, Nope, not going to do it. And I remember even when we started talking about you doing the course, you were definitely more keen and interested in like, like into it, but still like, but I don't know, or I'm going to do the course, but I'm not going to like treat people. Oh my God. I was <laughs> so resistant. I was so like, yes, I'll take the course to have this added knowledge and background and then I'll just refer them to you when I decide (laughs) this is probably the avenue we need to go down (laughs) which in hindsight is so funny to me because I have benefited from pelvic physio so much that it's funny to me that I didn't want to be that practitioner for someone else and share that benefit with other people what do you think the switch was like what do you think switched your mindset or your perspective from yeah I think it's awesome but I don't want to do it to like I freaking love this I think it's twofold I think part of it was I had seen pelvic physios in the past and to give like a super brief backstory 
I've had urgency and incontinence issues my entire life. Like I can remember being in elementary school and needing special notes written to allow me to go to the bathroom when I had that immediate urge and was about to pee my pants. Mm -hmm. And I'd seen other physios, but they really had a very different approach than you did. It was very clinical, very like, you know, do three sets of 10 of these exercises and that's how it's going to go. And it was never super effective. It wasn't like it didn't make any difference, but it wasn't that effective. Yeah. And then I saw you and you just had like a whole different like vocabulary even about talking about pelvic health that a, it felt like I was just talking. I mean, I guess in a, to some extent I was just talking to a friend, but it just felt like a natural conversation. Like, Hey, these are the things I'm still really struggling with. And these are the things I would like to be better at Mm -hmm. instead of such a clinical approach on it. And so I think that just opened my mind to like what pelvic physio can look like. And then of course, I also started at that clinic at a time when the vino and vaginas like in-person women's health night was starting, which just got me so excited about the idea of women's health and like realizing, I guess, how under, yeah, I don't know what word I'm looking for right now, but under discussed, (laughs) underappreciated, under everything women's health is. So I think that sort of started to ignite the passion. And then when you guys finally convinced me to take my course (laughs) for pelvic physio, it blew my freaking mind that I sat there with someone next to me who was probably give or take the same age had also been a physio for a minimum of five years at that point. And we sat there like, did you know that's how that works? I know. No, that's why that happens. And we were like, we not only are women in our thirties, but we are healthcare professionals and we don't understand Uh how our own freaking bodies work. That's not okay. It's not okay. And like the really... I want to say basic information, but it's not, you know, basic information for a a physiotherapist with five years of experience. Yeah. Really explained like most of the struggles (laughs) from a bladder (laughs) perspective for my whole life. I'm like, if I had just known this shit earlier, I wouldn't have peed my pants in so many public places (laughs) like to be very straight up about it yeah and so I think yeah it was twofold it was like opening my mind to the idea that women's health doesn't have to be this quiet taboo serious topic that it can be just hey sometimes I pee my pants in public and I would like to not (laughs) um and sometimes sex hurts and I'd really like if it didn't that it could be that easy and open and normal. And then this idea that like, I was missing so much basic information to just tell me that A, that wasn't normal, that sex hurting, that's not normal. Um, And that there were ways that I could prevent anyway. That yeah, yeah, that combo of things I think is what really like lit it up for me. And there's been no turning back. 
I think that's so amazing. And I think that's anyone in women's health, like that's a similar story. Not necessarily that they were patients, maybe some of them were, but like, you know, just all of a sudden when they start finding out more or find that discussion that's more open and common sense and realistic and like without judgment that they're like, wow, this is actually really pretty freaking cool, right? Like if you look back at any teaching in terms of women's health in like, I mean, our physio school, which is like, it should have obviously been a lot more of a topic, physio school, like university, anatomy, physiology, anything it is. It's so clinical. It's, this is the muscle. This is the attachment. This nerve does that. But like, they don't talk about how you go to the bathroom or they don't talk about how to prevent a UTI where they don't talk right. Like from like a call or sorry, high school health class perspective. Sure. We learn what happens when you put a penis in a vagina but we don't understand how that vagina functions on its own and how that penis functions on its own and what's normal and what's not. And what's normal when the penis enters the vagina or the vagina and vagina or penis and penis, you know, like there are so many options and we don't learn anything about the function or what's normal and what's not. We just learn about intercourse as we know, penetrative sex. And we learn that you know, if you have that too soon, you will get an STD or get pregnant and die, as they say on Mean Girls. Uh, like, <laughs> I that think for most of us, it. like that was our sex ed yeah. course in a nutshell. It's so true. Like, and I mean, this is us looking back. I mean, what are we, 35 or whatever? But like, you know, everybody talks about how in high school you should learn about how to do your taxes or like functional things. But it's true. We don't learn how to do our taxes we don't learn how to make budgets we don't I mean some of us are fortunate to take a cooking class but a lot of times we don't learn basic nutrition and how to put it together in recipes and we don't talk about our bodies we don't talk about what to expect in your period we don't talk about like yeah when you're 16 you shouldn't have like crippling cramps from your periods we don't talk about any of this stuff and so of course people go years without knowing that there may potentially be an issue whereas if we can actually open up this conversation have some real real talk for once then maybe maybe we can prevent crap from happening to people not only that like reduce the burden on the healthcare system like like so many things that just make sense that we don't do. And I don't know what the issue is. Oh, I know. I think about this regularly for myself from an urgency standpoint and a pain from pain with sex standpoint. Like if I had known that those things weren't normal, because in all honesty, I didn't. Yeah. Like it was something I sort of normalized And I think we can all think of times when we've heard of like, you know, sometimes sex just hurts either if it's your first time or your partner is too big or your vagina is so tight. Like, no, 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 no. Your vagina is meant to birth a baby. No partner is too big. Exactly. But I was too naive or like uneducated to know those things. And when I think back about it, I'm like, my God, not only from like the very obviously embarrassing incontinence side of things of like, you know, doing the pee dance in line everywhere or truly peeing my pants places, but even just the sex point, like 
how much better my sex life could have been for the last 15 years. Like (laughs) that is a really freaking long time. And it's all just about knowing better and having the information. It's not about, you know, having terrible experiences and yeah, like I'm going to say overt trauma. Um, It's really just that I didn't understand that that wasn't, that they could be different. Yeah. And it's, and it's why we want to do this podcast or why we're passionate about doing this podcast or passionate about doing the work that we do in our communities, our respective communities, because it's just like, we need to do better. We need to teach better. We need all the people kind of in front of us and and the next, I know this sounds ridiculous, but the next generations to know more because it's just ludicrous that we don't like it's ludicrous and the state of the world right now, like it's scary because what's going to happen to sex ed, what's going to happen to all like we see it happening now we see all of this the amazing sex education out there on the internet on instagram on the ways that our people are actually accessing it especially the young people it's getting censored and we're not allowed to use the word sex you're not allowed to use the word vagina if you guys wonder on instagram why you see sex with a three in it it's because instagram won't put it on if it says the word sex and so it's scary what's happening in this world and i'm hoping in canada we're above it but who knows but we have to somehow educate people because we can't trust that the people who are supposed to educate us will, right? Yeah. (laughs) And that's extra scary (laughs) to me. No, it is because to me, not being able to use the proper words, I'm going to make like maybe a big jump here, (laughs) but we know that making drugs illegal doesn't make people use them less. Correct. Making those words taboo and illegal doesn't mean that we're not going to use them and talk about them and find ways to have sex. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. that just means we're going to try to find ways that are under the radar and that we're less educated because we can't find that information from sex positive accounts that everyone is having to go on this like underground, like black market sex positive account kind of idea. And so the information is going to be really wishy-washy that it's going to be hard to navigate what's good information and what's not. Because no one's going to vet it, right? You don't have the people. Yeah. And we're also all going to get so uncomfortable with using just real anatomical words like vagina and penis are not dirty words nor is sex and intercourse exactly exactly and it's so all of the people who are all you know anti whatever like it takes intercourse to make babies so like we can't really have a conversation about humankind without having a conversation about sex exactly and 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 even if we're talking about sex in a purely pleasurable way, what's wrong with that too, right? Like we are humans, we have sex, period. And sometimes it's just for pleasure and that's okay too. So let's- That's a 
beauty and the luxury of being a human being and having this like higher level executive function is that we can choose whether we want that sex to be purely pleasurable and for pleasure, or if we want sex to have a procreation outcome, or if we want sex to be penetrative or not. Like there are so many options. There are so many options. But I- anyway, the word just doesn't stop the options. It doesn't. It doesn't. And I think, yeah, I think that's where you and I are so passionate about literally talking about this stuff with anyone who listens, whether it's our podcast or our clients or our friends or the random person in the pharmacy that like, you know, is looking for badges, like, you know, like whatever. Trust me, my friends would like me to be less passionate about it. Well, you know what? Too bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> they have learned a lot, okay? And they all have very healthy pelvic floors and sex lives now. And that's the thing, right? And that's why we're so passionate about it. And we're using this kind of, what would you call it? Modality or this kind of way to talk about it because who knows what other ways are out there. Just to reach more people in a somewhat awesome. uncensored way. It is. And it does. It feels like, I mean, we've already talked about this a little bit, but it feels like we're almost going backwards. Like I remember back in, I did my, I did a TEDx talk at Queens in 2019. And I remember part of my intro, I was saying how ridiculous it was that in 2019, Kotex brand tampons. So Kotex is actually an amazing brand. Um, and they had this billboard and it had the word vagina on it, or they had an ad that had the word vagina in it or something. And it was banned from TV. It was banned from the bill. Like it was, it was not allowed because it used the word vagina. And I Let's remember just talking- reiterate that a tampon goes inside your vagina. <laughs> exactly. They were just telling you how to use their product. Exactly. Like, I'm curious actually to read a box. Does it like the box of the, vag- like of the vagina, a box of the <laughs> vagina. <laughs> no, now that you say that, I am curious too. A tampon tampon box? Box? Like, does it say how to uh, insert it? Does it say insert into the vagina? I don't know. But anyway, that is an aside. But I remember in 2019 having this discussion and saying how absolutely ridiculous it was that we cannot say this word. And now it feels like we've gone backwards and in more and more and more places they're actually taking away the use of this word like again at that point that was on tv and commercials and now this is on instagram which was at that time at least considered it was allowed unfiltered way that you could access this type of information exactly so now i mean what are we 2022 and instagram's like saying this Amazon. So there's a lot of things we use in physio for pelvic floor, especially for people who have painful penetration, things like dilators or what's called a ferro wand or various medical devices that we use for medical treatment. So we use it for real medical treatment. And just last year, they actually have now deemed them as sex toys. So they're harder for people to get people who are nervous or embarrassed or worried they're not going to go reach for them or, or search for them because it's now deemed a sex toy. And who knows what that's going to kind of like the stress and anxiety that's going to cause. So like, we're literally going backwards and I, yeah, it's just, it's frustrating. I've actually had a vendor here try to find Therawans to sell for mostly my clients. Um, and as far as she can tell, Therawan doesn't exist and she has to buy them from a sex toy website which she works for a healthcare supply store 
Like she is a very legitimate organization and has to, you know, not again, not that that's a bad thing, but it does make this distinction and make it less accessible for a lot of people. And you and I tout this all the time. Like we are obviously sex positive and like love talking about a good, you know, vibrator or whatever. And like either have done or want to do more episodes on all those topics. And like, I think that's amazing. But I think a lot of the, whoever these people are, whether it's marketers or what, trying to put these medical devices in the same kind of category as sex toys, they're trying to like put more taboo on it and stigma. And there's already enough stigma and it doesn't have to be that way. A, it shouldn't be on either sex toys or these medical devices, but they're just trying to box it into like more and more taboo categories. And it makes it less expensive makes medical treatment less accessible yeah when the interventions are categorized in that way I know I have a lot of clients who given the remote location a lot of people need to leave the territory for various treatments um, and you need medical directive and medical prescription to have that expense covered and what I've run into a lot recently is that that's not being approved based on the categorization of the intervention or of the product or of whatever the um, diagnosis is, which is really sad because these people are missing out on quality of life. They're not just missing out on good sex. You know, it's not, which I would argue as a big piece of quality of life, but even if we want to take that off the table, if we want to be very whatever about it. um, Yeah, this is a medical diagnosis. This is not a sexual dysfunction. And these people are being limited in their healthcare because of that categorization. So I think the more we can open that discussion and make it less taboo and make it an open conversation the more we can even help advocate for those people you're absolutely right I mean I feel like we got a little bit on a tangent but like but it's all true and as corny as what I'm about to say sounds and I know it sounds so <laughs> cheesy and like ridiculous but if one person listens to these podcasts and it changes their life, like how can that not, right? How can that it's not? It's so true. As the one person who has had their life changed by pelvic health, physio, or your information, yeah, it is so worth it. It's so worth it. And I mean, already, like the feedback we've gotten on certain episodes, especially some of the ones talking about kind of more obscure, or not even obscure, but even less talked about things, like- it's insane the feedback we've gotten in terms of like thank you like that was so informative I learned so much and that led me to talk to my doctor or that led me to talk to so-and-so or yeah and so it's already been more than one person so the fact that we can keep talking about it and change changing again I know this sounds cheesy but we can keep changing lives I think that's what keeps us passionate and keeps us doing this on top of our already busy kind of days right yeah it's not just so we can, Cassie and I get to vent to each other and talk about it all day long, that there is actually some benefit for other people, not just us. I know. So I, I think that's, I think, I mean, that's a good 
kind of description of how we started, I think. (laughs) And just in a nutshell, what we want from this podcast is to open that conversation and make these things less taboo. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this, like we love to talk about so many topics and it's not just sex. It's not just pelvic floor. It's not just anything. We really want to talk about anything that any well person I know we specify women or people who identify as being a woman but really anyone can listen to these conversations and hopefully learn some things and so whether it's dating whether it's sex toys whether it's pooping or whoever whatever or sunbathing your perineum um Let me just tell you, I have had a couple of male friends listen to the various orgasm episodes and it's been very beneficial. So highly encourage your partners to listen to those ones. Oh, you know what, Linz? We should do an episode like for partners. Stay tuned, you guys. An idea right here on the spot. (laughs) I love this already. Something to send your partner before your, I don't know, birthday or something. (laughs) oh I have so many ideas amazing but yeah guys that is us in a nutshell I mean I guess we didn't talk too too much about who we are and stuff but that's how we became co-hosts and yeah we uh we're pretty excited I'm so happy Lindsay is kind of our like co-host like I keep saying full-time we don't do this as a full-time job but like (laughs) (laughs) but like our one day yeah one day um and we were able excited to to be here and even though we live how many kilometers apart uh 5500 oh my goodness even though we live 5500 kilometers apart we were able to get together recently and rock some amazing photos and so now that you guys know that we're kind of co-hosts stay tuned you'll see some content from us and you can see how beautiful we look Oh, we do look good. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye.